Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team welcome back to bxb the bronx baseball podcast with k mac and c mac keith mcpherson and chris mcmonagle joining you on friday june 16th as the yankees split against their crosstown rivals the mets and then go back up to boston to face the boston red sox and uh look to avenge the series they lost in the bronx last weekend What's up, C-Mac? How you feeling? How you doing? What's up, Keith? Feeling good. Ready to put that ugly two games behind us. Two bad teams played two ugly but exciting games with a lot to them. But uh, we have to break those two down because I think there's a bullpen issue coming out of that series that we really need to talk about. But excited to start a series against the Sox. So let's go. Yeah, so I guess we'll go with game one. Luis Severino is the number one issue for me coming out of that game. But the Yankees actually... We're able to overcome his struggles, thanks to Max Scherzer's struggles. Uh, Luis Severino's got to figure it out ASAP. Uh, His fastball is a batting practice fastball, and guys are teeing off on it, and I think it's in his head. But I will give him credit for staying in there and trying to fight through it. But uh, Seve coming back was supposed to be a boost. Seve Mm -hmm. coming back was supposed to be a plus for this team. Yeah. And he hasn't looked good since his return. No, Well, you know what's puzzling about that is that's not entirely true because I thought his first two starts he did look good. Like he came out and he, he threw um, against, what was it, Cincinnati, and then he threw against San Diego, and you felt like, wow, he's going to be a boost. And then since then, his last handful of starts. The Dodgers and White Sox. The Dodgers, White Sox, and the Mets have been bad. Uh, but you mentioned it. I thought his fastball did get better as the game went on. I think that's why – I think Boone saw that and wanted to really push him because he – like, let's be honest, Boone and the Yankees don't really push these guys. How many times have we talked about Herman dealing with 88 pitches and here comes the hook? So uh, – and then even you could have argued in the second game of the series, Cole could have went another inning. Right. So they, they're quick to take out their starting pitches, and yet it really felt like they wanted to get Seve through this. Uh, especially because he was he was looking better and his fastball was better and he seemed more confident as the game went on. So we'll see what happens. But you're right. Right now, if his fastball isn't crisp and isn't in the upper 90s past 95, he doesn't look at, like a pitcher right now who can figure it out, pitch, take a little bit off, sink this one a little bit down there and get out of it. It looks like if he doesn't have his good stuff, he's getting lit up. And that's a major problem for someone we were hoping – to be at the top of the rotation. Let's be honest. Who knows when Rodon, there's some news with him, but who knows when he's coming back. Seve has to be an integral part of this team. There's just no ways around it, or they're going to have to make a move at the deadline. So you're right. Out of this game, as much as the offense did battle back, uh, and I'm not one to you know belittle those kind of things because God knows we need the offense right now, but Max Scherzer 
hung every slider he threw. I, I don't want to make it seem like the Yankees didn't battle back, but how many 0-2, 1-2 counts where he just continued to throw these hanging sliders? I mean, he has Volpe 0-2, and, and let's be honest, we love Volpe. You throw a high fastball, you throw a slider in the dirt, you got a good chance of getting out Volpe. He's, he's throwing hanging sliders down the middle of the plate. So I still want to see more from the offense, but it was a good uh, battle back. But, yeah, Severino's a problem right now, and hopefully his next start is something he can build on the last few innings of this Met game. Yeah, Max uh, Scherzer, he's a stubborn oh. guy. He's a, he's a stubborn guy. He's going to try and get that slider over. And then uh, I guess Francisco Alvarez being a rookie yeah. couldn't really tell him anything different. Good no. for us because uh, yeah. I, I went to that game Tuesday yeah. and, you know, John Carlo hit that home run. Yeah. Uh, vibes were good, but then Nimmo matched it. Yeah. The Mets go up 5-1. Yankee fans are looking around like, this yeah. isn't great. Uh, we're cooked. Sevy sucks. This offense can't put up runs, but because of Max Scherzer's um, yeah. stubbornness, they were able to get back in the game. And, you know, DJ hammered one and Volpe broke out of his slump. Rizzo actually got a hit um, that, that led to the DJ two run bomb. So thank you, yep. Max Scherzer, for your contributions. Yeah, we, we needed absolutely. it. Yeah, um, absolutely. And and you know what else they need from, from this game is when guys like Sevy are struggling. And you mentioned Rizzo, who right now is in a the worst slump of his career. I know he got a hit that night, but still really nothing since Judge went down. That We talked about this last podcast. That can't happen. And the other thing that happened in this game from Gleyber Torres is you cannot boot a double play ball when your pitcher is on the ropes. Like there are times that er – I'm not saying errors you pick and choose when you make them, but there are times you can brush off errors, and then there are times where they desperately hurt your team badly. And he's he just can he didn't even get leather on it he, it went straight to his foot yeah. that's an easy double play to help Severino get out of an inning where he has nothing right now and you can't even put leather on the baseball I mean that is he has got to figure out a way to stop with these mental laps and the thing with them is they happen in the worst times yep. like it's always it's frustrating because it never seems and this is like one of those things like where. When you, you never notice a for sale sign until you're looking for a car and then suddenly every car has a for sale sign in the window. So maybe it's one of these things where we notice it more when he makes these blunders. But it always seems like it's in an opportunity where we could have got out of an inning or he allowed a key base runner to get into scoring position or like it's never just bottom of the sec, you know, top of the second or whatever, when they're already up three, nothing, you know, a no nothing error. Like it's always killer. So these are the moments that guys like Rizzo have to step up. And when you see your pitcher is getting pounded and has nothing, you can't boot a double play ball. Like they, they, they're not good enough right now to overcome mistakes on top of the poor play. So th that that's frustrating. And Glaber's got to figure it out, man. Yeah, it sucks. But uh, you know, the good part of Glaber is that he's got ten home runs. Yep. And, uh, you know, the guy can hit, but then yep. he's got these lackadaisical moments in crunch time, in winning yep. time, where you're supposed to be clutch and locked in. Um, Salicata says he's not a winning player yeah. and it sucks because you see him fall asleep when the game is on the line. He did yeah. it in the Red Sox series with uh, Kike Hernandez uh, advancing the second and him kind of falling asleep at the wheel with the throw. And yep. then he did it again, not making a routine play in yeah. the Mets series. And it's like, that is not a guy that you invest in. That's no. not a guy that you give a long-term contract because that's part of his MO. We've it's seen this from Glaber for years now. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's tough. I mean, he's a free agent at the end of the next at the end of next year. I'm surprised. I'd be surprised if he sees the end of that with the Yankees. I really would. At this point, I don't think they're going to sign him. 
Uh, and I would think that either this deadline, offseason, or next deadline, we're probably going to see Gleyber Torres moved. I, I, yeah. and, and I don't know if that's a conversation necessarily for today, but it's hard to argue when you say he's not a winning player. I wish I could, and I don't know if I'm there just yet. But it's hard to really strong make a strong defense that he is. It just is. It's it's he's he's up and down, and he's he has mental lapse at the worst possible time. So it's 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 a struggle for him right now. And he's in this rotation of Donaldson, right. DJ, and I've been giving you credit because I think I was on two Fridays ago, and I I thought it was rest. And I think a lot of Yankee fans see guys out of the lineup, and we just say they're resting people too much. Yeah. But no, since Donaldson's been back. You yeah. came on and you said, you know, there's three guys for two spots. Yeah. They're they're rotating these guys, and I think it's just a, a simple rotation. It isn't based on matchups or who's hot. It's based on, hey, you play today, this guy plays the next day, and we move it around. And yeah. Gleyber, Torres, Gleyber Torres is a guy that should be playing every day um, because of his bat, because of his power. Yeah. But, you know, I think DJ might be more sure-handed at second than him. Yeah. And DJ's another guy. DJ – Got a couple hits, had a home run in this series, yeah. but he hasn't been consistent enough where you feel confident in him playing every day. Then you got Josh Donaldson batting 130. Uh, it, it it falls back on the way that the, the team is structured, and then that goes back to the conversation about Glaber Torres potentially being traded and not giving him a long-term contract when you have Volpe and you also have Peraza waiting in the wings. Yeah, I mean, uh, because that's what – I mean, you can't let any of these – they're going to give Donaldson a run until the deadline, I think. But it's getting to a point where he's the odd man out. But like with LeMahieu, if he's struggling, fine. And it, and anyone who watches the team's like, well, he's struggling. Glaber's hitting better. You got what are you going to do? Leave LeMahieu on the bench to just wither away? Like he's fifteen million dollars on the bench. And when he's going right, he's somebody who's uh, integral. I mean, for for two and a half years, he was the catalyst for the offense. Besides Judge, yeah, it's it's. The last thing I want to do is make him meaningless. So they have to play him even when he's struggling. So it's like, oh, why is he in the rotation? He's struggling. I'd rather uh, even see Calhoun out there was hitting better. I mean, the point is they need to get these guys going. DJ LeMay, the team isn't going to win if DJ LeMayhew is someone you can't play. Like that, it's, that's he's one of the integral guys. This so guy was getting MVP votes. This yeah. guy was this guy well, was the catalyst. Yeah. He was, we called Absolutely. him the machine. He was automatic with runners in scoring position, but he's had injuries lately. He's yeah. turning 35 this year. And you know what I will say? He did have some games where he was putting the bat to the ball, but he was hitting it right at guys. That, that's yeah. tough. Um, but DJ LeMayu is part of the team. He is factored into being part. He's got a no six-year, $90 million contract. He's just, you know, his best days of being a batting champ and being a threat and being a leadoff hitter. They're behind him now, and that's another problem yep. the Yankees have. DJ can't be the lead leadoff hitter, so you're seeing Willie Calhoun lead off, then Jake Bowers lead off, and Gleyber yep. Torres lead off, and these are guys that probably never led off in their careers. They're not the prototypical leadoff hitter, but they are in the Yankees lineup. Um, yep. Anything else from the first game? I, only thing from the first game I wanted to give credit to Clay Holmes. That was 100%. riveting. Postseason atmosphere. Clay Holmes went out there and performed like it was a postseason yeah. game. Yeah, it might be it might be one of my favorite moments of the year, quite honestly. I know the game isn't that important, but it's Mets Yankees. It's the atmosphere. He comes in and is dominant. He's dominant. I mean, I know he went three, two and a bunch of pitches, but he was around the plate. He's been really good for the last you know two or three weeks now. And when he's throwing strikes, you can't hit him when he's on when he's on top of that sinker and even the slider. 
But when he's on top of that sinker throwing strikes, you see it. Lindor had no chance to hit the ball. They, he was either going to walk Marte and Lindor or he was going to get them out. That was it. They weren't hitting him. So I thought that moment was unbelievable when he comes in and makes those two strikeouts. You could feel him just really tear down the entire building. Uh, and it, it, that from that moment on, it was Yankee Stadium. I mean, it was yeah. – he changed the dynamic of that game. And I, I think – and that's really the overarching conversation, I think, leaving the series is how the Yankees are handling this bullpen at the moment. And because of that, you know, two at bat, two batter outing, he's unavailable the next day. Uh, Michael King throws a handful of pitches. He's unavailable. Like, that's a conversation – after the we'll get to it after this after the second game that's really puzzling but for me yeah that was the moment of the game bases loaded one out and he comes in and dominates the middle of the met lineup and because let, let's be honest if it, the the best stretch of baseball they played since i don't know arguably 1998 had clay holmes as the best reliever in baseball their dominant you know closer even though chapman was still on the team but their dominant reliever and if they can get back to that i think it is really important for this team yeah, I'll also tip my cap to Jake Bowers, who made a, a great catch yep. in right field. And then he also had two RBI. And this guy is a guy that played first base. So, you know, was a top prospect, top pick. And, uh, you know, one of those Cashman uh, finds that's actually been playing fine. Uh, I got no issues with him. So a 7-6 win for the Yankees, one-run game. They're able to battle back, hold on, bullpen gets it done. And then you go into the second game with Garrett Cole on the mound. And all the hype is surrounding Justin Verlander versus Garrett Cole, former teammates in Houston. And we actually get the pitcher's duel. We actually get the, uh, you know, pitching matchup that we were expecting from two guys that are veterans and paid a lot of money to come to New York. Uh, Cole had a perfect game, I think, through four. Uh, yep. Neither one of them issued a walk. Verlander was vintage because he always owns the Yankees. And uh, before we get into the fireworks, yeah, you know, what would you think about Verlander and, and Cole? Cole was Cole was dominant too. Cole was throwing yeah. the ball hard. I, I actually thought Cole was better than Verlander. I thought Verlander hung some pitches and got away with a, a, a still struggling Yankee offense, and then he locked in. But from first pitch on, I thought Cole was really, really good. Uh, he loved his fastball, and that's when Cole is at his best. When you watch Cole, and he's shaking off even with, with two strikes and he's shaking off the catcher to get to his fastball. Yeah. To me, that that's the best version of Cole when he's angry and he thinks that fastball, you can't hit it. Uh, and so you got the, that, that vintage, I have a fastball, you can't touch Cole, which I think. 97, 98, even 99. Even, even if it's, yeah, it doesn't, it, it can be 99, which he got up to, but even at 97, if he likes where he's putting it, he likes the feel of it. You know, he struts around on that mound different. He he throws many more fastballs, and with two strikes, he tries to elevate the fastball instead of going to the knuckle curve or going to the slider or going to the other pitches. He will attack you with his fastball, uh, you know, up in the count. That's when I know Cole is at his best. And for that most of this game, even though he gave up the the run before Verlander, I thought he was the dominant pitcher even between the two. And you got vintage Cole. So your thoughts about. Uh, Verlander's day being done after yeah. six, top of the six, Verlander is done. And yeah, Cole got in some trouble. He had some runners on the base pass. He escaped. Mm -hmm. He escaped. But Cole finished um, throwing, going back to the 95 pitches, 67 yeah. for strikes. And yeah. then they go to Jimmy Cordero. And obviously the narrative is about the Yankees, Aaron Boone, again, trying to get to that bullpen. Yeah. Uh, not letting your $36 million ace go out there and see 
what he can do. And mm-hmm. this is where we're getting into, you know, the conversation yeah. around what you mentioned in the beginning, the bullpen usage, uh, getting the Cordero, um, Abreu, Ramirez. And what I had said after that game, because honestly, once it went to extras and I saw the pitching changes and who we were going to use, I kind of already knew um, they weren't going to use some guys. Yeah. And I looked at the off day Monday. I understand the usage. And I know like with King, his injury from last year, they're not going to push King. They're not going to yeah. use him back to back days. Uh, they use they use Clay Holmes already. Uh, Marinaccio has not been great uh, recently. Wandy they use. So when we got to the point where it was like, OK, Cole is done. Jimmy Cordero pitched both games. Um, what are your thoughts about getting quickly to the bullpen, not letting yeah. Cole get another crack at it, and then also the bullpen usage with off days? Literally, they had an off day yesterday traveling yeah. to Boston. I just felt like they could have put some uh, top-end guys out and not the bottom. Abreu and Nick Ramirez are the bottom of the bullpen and the roster. Yeah, which, I mean, it, I are still pretty good for a bottom of the bullpen. I mean, it's yeah, not – I mean, they're not Ramirez – Ramirez has a ERA. The Mets two. bullpen. The Mets would love oh. to have both of those guys. In their I bullpen. think Abreu's there. Abreu's arguably their third best reliever. <laughs> if he's on the Mets, I'm not kidding. Like I honestly believe that. At least he comes in throwing 99. The Mets yeah. bring in nobody with stuff. Like they have decent pitchers. Obviously Robertson. You know he's got the the good sink. He he can manipulate the ball. Jeff he's Brigham, good. Dominic. I mean, out, out of when Adovino's really good, his slider is one of the better sliders in the sport, arguably. But they don't have anybody coming in blowing you away. They don't Drew have Smith is using rosin and alcohol right, exactly. like Scherzer because I mean, he's scared to blow the subway yeah, series. If a, if Abreu comes in throwing his fastball and breaking pitches for strikes, he can dominate you. I mean, the problem is he doesn't do it enough. He actually did it in this game, though. For me, I understand the wanting to push Cole an inning, uh, especially after you know really pushing Severino the night before. But if you look at the Yankee bullpen numbers, and I don't, you don't want to get too into the weeds. This is an obvious statement. They're better with clean innings. Their ERA is great. Their numbers with inherited runners, not so much. It's I think they were afraid of going to Cole at 95 pitches. They're not going to let Cole just get through that inning no matter what and throw 115, 120. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So if he even has – if he has a nine pitch walk, he's out of the game, or he gives would've up. Would have been his it, first walk. He didn't give up a walk. I, I, underst- a- I, un- I understand that, but it's also the seventh inning. I- I'm not saying I wouldn't have pushed him. I'm saying their thought is I'd rather have Cordero start the inning than bring in Cordero with one out and two guys on. Yeah, which that, that's on what the, that's the what same. they didn't that's what they didn't want to do. So I have real no I have no problem with it. Other than, yeah, especially when you have three guys down, you want to push your starter as much as possible. I get that. But Cordero's been good. It was to the it was the middle back end of the lineup. Um, and he just didn't have his good stuff. And then you bring in Marinaccio with, you know, really no root mo- uh, margin for error. He hits Nimmo. Uh, but it's it's tough. And then the Mets, thankfully, run themselves out of an inning. But um, I have no problem necessarily with how Boone managed the bullpen once I knew the guys were down. I have more problem, and you mentioned it, with the guys being down. It's been – I know King had an injury. King doesn't have any ligament injuries. King broke his, his his elbow. I understand that's a significant injury, but he has not been used in back-to-back games yet this season. And unless Cole, unless uh, Clay, uh, Clay Holmes is going to be the guy he's been the last two or three weeks, King is their best reliever. Yeah, Your best reliever – I understand early on they used them for two innings at a time. All right, if you're going to use them at two, three innings to save a game from the seventh inning on, okay, he's down for three days. But if he's going to come in and get one out 
and then he can't pitch for two or three days. Like that's a major problem that their best reliever is so fragile and so under these guidelines and so, you know, babied, they, they can't get through it. And I know it's June. I know it's against the Mets, but they had a, it's a two game set and it's sandwiched with two off days. Clay Holmes threw the two batters. He's unavailable the next night. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. I know they have these rules about three out of four, and they have these rules the bullpen about budget. The and, bullpen yeah. budget. And listen, it's hard to they have the best ERA in baseball. And I said inherited runners is a problem. I think the inherited runner argument is better for a game. Like you can't tell me, well, he didn't give up any runs this game. Well, that doesn't tell the story. How'd he come in with inherited runners? But over the course of the season, I think a bullpen ERA is a, a, a fine judge of how a bullpen's doing. And they have one of, if not the best, I haven't checked in the last day or two, but they have one of, if not the best bullpen ERA in baseball. So whatever they're doing, it is probably their biggest strength of the team. And that's why it's frustrating when they don't allow their strength to be their strength. Yeah. Like this is how this is how they're gonna beat teams. You're up two runs in the seventh. You just got a, a, an emotional IKF stealing a run, quite literally, to give you a two-run lead. And Wasted you can't that. and you can't go to your best guys because why? Because he faced two batters the day before when he was off the Briar Day and he'll be off tomorrow. It's just it's really frustrating having. But once once I know they're off, I don't mind anything Boone did necessarily. But they shouldn't be off. Like It's just there's no reason Clay Holmes can't come back into that game. Yeah. Sometimes you got to go through this so that the next time they'll say, OK, we're, we're going to try this. We're going to we're going to try and win the game. That's what's frustrating, yeah. because like if that's your weapon and I, I was in the I was in the um, the stadium and the conversation was all like Yankees bullpen versus Mets bullpen. The Yankees win that 10 times out of 10. Yeah. And uh, when Brooks Raley doesn't even see IKF halfway down the baseline yep. and, and he's able to steal home, which. He himself said, I was just surprised I was able to do that in the big leagues. That's so much momentum. And then when you're looking at the bullpen and the Yankees clearly have the better guys, but you know they're not going to be used. It's frustrating yeah. as a fan because it's almost like you're conceding a loss or you're saying, hey, if these guys don't get it done, yeah. whatever. When you you have guys that you know are, are surefire yeah. guys to get it done and secure the win against a Mets team that is running into outs, that yeah. is you know, that has no bullpen, that yeah. is reeling that are, you know, one and nine in their last 10, you have yeah. the chance to step on their throats in a two game series and yeah. take that game. And you don't, it's a, uh, it's, it's a little bit deflating for the fans, but you just move on, yeah. move on from it and understand. I mean, they'll um, tell you the quality of it. Yeah. I mean, they'll tell you that Marinaccio has been good and Cordero has been good. And it's not, they, you know, they think they're capable of getting the win and they are, but it's still not their best guys. And it, and if they were in a stretch of 17 games in a row and, even if they hadn't worked in a little bit or they were off the day before whatever, uh, the actual relievers, or whatever, I would be okay. But they literally had two scheduled off days. I know they're going into a, a Fenway, a, a series in Fenway and Boston's the divisional rival. And I won't even attempt to argue that they're, those games are obviously more important than the Met games. I get it. But you have an opportunity right now to steal, as, especially with Judge down. You have to steal as many wins as you can get. Like right now, you're trying to stay afloat win as many games that are winnable because who knows you go into Fenway and the offense might get shut down and you're not in an opportunity to win a game or have your bullpen close out a victory right now I'm looking to get as many wins as I can when judge comes back and things feel better and you want to tread lightly because you want to make it to the stretch run that's fine but you can't allow 
you know, too many losses to pile up. And you had an opportunity to win a game, and it was frustrating to me. Not necessarily that I don't like Cordero. Abreu actually threw the ball great. Uh, Nimmo hits better left-handed pitches, but I have no problem after Abreu gets four outs over the course of two innings to bring in a left-hander to get out Nimmo. I don't hate the move. It didn't work out, but I'm not going to kill Boone for it. It barely, I, like, you know, with yeah. that throw, with that throw. Uh, I know. Well, Eduardo um, Escobar. Yeah. He didn't get it. Yeah, he's got to go halfway. Why he's tagging up, I don't know. With one out, makes no sense. It's not worth it. it. The idea of maybe not scoring first, moving over to third with two outs, it's just bad base running. And the other thing is, watching that replay, why is Bowers so shallow? I know they're trying to cut off the run on a single. He was ridiculously shallow. I mean, I, I, he had an opportunity to catch that ball. The ball is up in the air forever. Yeah, He's made some great plays. He's not a great outfielder. We know it, although he's come up with a couple of doozies. He's really not a great outfielder. They're struggling in the outfield defense, but it's, it's a game it's that him it's, or Willie Calhoun or yeah, John Carlos and which they won't, worse. which they won't put him out there. And not what yet, I said, yeah. it was like, you know, they move the field um, or the fence back in right field, like 10, 15 feet or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I couldn't. I was coming up with everything I could for Bowers, why he didn't care. I'm like, maybe he didn't want to run into the wall like Judge yeah. did. Um, maybe he's playing. I don't I don't really know. It was so close, he was though. He was shallow. Um, it was so close, though, that like I would have laughed my ass off if he threw him out into the plate. But whatever. All yeah. in all, uh, like you said, for me, the Yankees are playing like they're 10 games up. Yeah, they're 10 games ab- above 500, but you're yeah. nine and a half back. And without Judge, you can barely score more than three runs. So in a close game like that, that you can win with the bullpen with a ghost runner on second, like why wouldn't you do everything you could to put your best guys out there and shut down a Mets team that you know is struggling and doesn't yeah. have the bullpen and try and get that to the next inning? And mm-hmm. uh, it is what it is. It's a, and it's you a have split. It all- and you had an off day leading into this Red Sox series. It's, it was you had an off day last week because of bad air quality. Like there's yeah, been there was an off yeah. day Monday and then an off yeah. day Wednesday. These guys are yeah. not tired. These guys yeah. are young guys. I I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I I I'm with you. I was I was frustrated they weren't. I was frustrated, especially Clay Holmes. I thought Clay Holmes should have been available. Uh, I mean, Peralta's thrown a lot, but I don't I don't know. It's yeah. it is what it is. You know, it's who they are. It's what it's how they do it. And that 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 like I I argue with a lot of people who say Boone's a puppet. Boone does what he's told. I don't know. I don't think this is a Boone decision. I think they all get together. Cashman, everybody. Boone's involved in the conversation. But these are you know, today. These guys are down. These are they have hard fast. Absolutely. Boots. And it's frustrating when they seem a bit silly. It's scripted. Yeah, not planned. It's, it's planned. It's it's planned. And even like you go into the game, like they knew probably. It was probably foreseen. You get through Cole, you're in the seventh inning. Um, if we get through the six with Cole out of the game, mid to bottom of the lineup, we like Cordero there. Like, that's predetermined before the game starts. Like, they know that. Like, they they like their lanes. They like who's up. If it was the top of the order, it might have been someone different. But the middle to bottom, it's Cordero. Like, it's, it's all predetermined on some level. And I know that frustrates the fan base, and I'm okay with it most of the time. But occasionally, these rules in particular, when it's their strength, let your strength be your strength. That's, like, the main thing with me, especially when you're, you're scuffling for wins and you're down the most impactful offensive player in the sport. Go get as many wins as you can while he's gone. Like, that's what really bothers me. Yeah, so I mean, and hopefully they can get two against the Red Sox. Yep, we'll look forward now into this uh, Red Sox series in Boston. You got to just uh, forget about that game. It is what it is. It's one of one sixty-two, and clearly the Yankees, like you know, you said it, the lanes they have 
a plan and their lanes and they go with that. And um, there is no improvising. Maybe if it's October, you see Clay Holmes. But that's another thing, too, before we move on. Like, yeah. when Clay Holmes is right, if he was right the day before, why not throw him again? Because he could just, like, muscle memory, vision, tap right back into that. Like, I, I don't know. That's something else I was thinking. Like, <laughs> Clay looks so good with his let swing. Let him get on a roll. Up. Yeah, let him do it again the next night. But whatever. Um, looking into this Boston series, uh, a bright spot for the Yankees rotation has been Domingo Herman. Yep. And uh, I expect Domingo to go out there and be solid again. I expect Domingo to build on his last few starts. And I expect the Yankees after a day off and after losing the series to the Red Sox, losing a close one on um, Sunday night baseball and extras, and then yeah. losing an, uh, you know on ESPN Wednesday night baseball and extras, they should be rested and ready to go tonight against Tanner Hawk, who they made Tanner Hawk look like uh, yeah, Justin Verlander. Um He's a very hittable guy. He can get rocked. This has to be a series where they go into Fenway, which we know wacky things happen in Fenway, and there's always some weird energy in the Boston Red Sox-Yankees rivalry. But they got to go in there, and they got to take their hearts. They're a better team than the Red Sox. The Red Sox aren't good. They have to avenge the, uh, you know, lost series from last weekend when 46,000-plus came out to all three games at Yankee Stadium, and they lost. You got Domingo Herman versus Tanner Hawk, uh, Hawk. Clark Schmidt versus Brian Bellow. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday night baseball, again, you get yeah. Luis Severino versus former Yankee James Paxton. Who's who's been pretty good for them. Um, it's it's been nice to see. I feel bad for him. The guy can't stay healthy. Uh he's 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 off to a good start uh this year with them. I he's just the start. He's just come back from you know being injured yet again. But um he's been good for them. But yeah, I like the pitching matchups. I, I think Herman, and if you look at Schmidt. You know, over his last four starts, his ERA is under three. Been he's better. He, I, I think he's been a lot better. Um, so, I mean, Severino obviously is the wild card in this series to me, which is amazing enough. If you look at, if you would have told us at the start of the season you were going into a series with Herman Schmidt and, and Sevy, you'd be like, well, at least Sevy will get you a win. He's the guy I'm most concerned about in this series, uh, and we'll see. But I, I think Herman's been good. The, the main thing with me is you're going and playing a divisional rival who's in last place. You. You have to win these games. Like, I don't care who's out there. Guys need to step up. Rizzo needs to wake up. Stanton needs to wake up. It's the same conversation. I'm so tired of hearing, you know, maybe not what do you expect, but the idea, just casual blanket statement, team sucks without judge. Team sucks without judge. That is (laughs) such, it is such, it's, it's based in Cashman hate, which I get, and we don't have to delve into today, but it's based on roster construction hate, Cashman hate, and it's just a blanket statement that we all just go, yeah, what are you going to do? They suck. No. All right, they're not they're not as good, but there's Rizzo, there's Stanton, there's Glaber Torres, there's DJ LeMayhew. There are guys on this team who are good enough to step up and score a few runs and win some damn ball games and go beat an inferior Red Sox team in their building and make up for a previous series loss. Like, go in there and take it to them. They're better than this team. There is no doubt in my mind they're better than the Red Sox. The middle of their lineup is, you know, pedestrian at best besides Devers. I I think their rotation stinks and their bullpen isn't much better. This team overall is far better, even without Judge. Go in there and win a series. This is an important series for me. I I really – I and especially Severino. That's the game I want to see. Like Sunday Night Baseball, Severino on the mound – we're going to need him to continue, but uh, his progress from the end of the last game. 
But this lineup has got to start scoring runs. DJ has to wake up. Donaldson, who I don't think has been as bad as his numbers indicate, and maybe I have a leaning towards that, uh, and maybe I'm a little nice to Donaldson, but I thought he hit the ball hard as last at bat. He did get the sacrifice fly that gave him the lead to win a game. He's hit some home runs. He's done nothing else but hit home runs. But even him, like, let's get going here. So, someone's got to step up instead of all being in terrible slumps. Like, everyone's in this horrible slump while Judge is gone. And uh, I, I said this before. They're so quick to compliment them. Like, the minute he does something, you go to the post games, it's like, he's Superman. He's otherworldly. He's this. He's that. Give him some help. All right? Why don't yeah. you compliment them in the lineup and comp- compliment them as a teammate as instead of just throwing superlatives his, his way? Like, go out there and be someone who can – so it, the whole team isn't desperate without him. And Rizzo is the number one guy I'm looking at because he was off to a good start. LeMayu hasn't really had it all year. Donaldson hasn't had it all year. Stanton's just getting back from injury. Rizzo was on his way to a 330 home run season, and he's just been completely lost. He's got he's the guy I'm looking at to really have a big series series, pepper some balls off the off the monster, maybe go the other way, something, get his swing back, have an impact on these games, because it's frustrating. Yeah, they have enough talent. They have enough. Guys making money and guys with accolades, Rizzo, World Series champion, DJ, a batting title in the AL, NL, you know, all-stars in in Donaldson and Stanton and both former MVPs. Like those guys, they they have to get it done. But honestly, looking at this series, I expect the the fringe guys to get it done. I expect IKOF to do his thing. Remember last year when he hit that homer? In uh in Boston, we we didn't even think he could hit home runs. Yeah, I expect IKF to go in there and play well. I expect Billy, Billy McKinney and uh Jake Bowers to play well and Willie Calhoun if he gets an opportunity, yeah. even Volpe. I expect Volpe yeah. to you know go in there and, and and continue. Um, you know, he tweaked his swing with Austin Wells, and that was another narrative. Yankee fans were like, yeah, I'd be firing everybody, I'd be firing the coaches. No, what we're gonna fire people off of a positive. It's so that whole discussion, Keith, and I'm glad you mentioned it. It bothers me to no end because it's so dumb. Like, it's so dumb. The idea they're not working with Volpe or they haven't tried a million different things. He found one little thing that he changed and he got a double. And let's be honest, I'm not trying to say I don't like Volpe. I like Volpe. The idea that he's turned it around, he hit two, he, he got two doubles in a series. Great. Uh, and I'm positive. It's a couple of games. And then they go into, they go into a Hicks with Baltimore. That they look back at their 2018 at bats and they found something with Hicks. If anybody thinks that Hicks is succeeding now because of a uh, stance tweak and not the idea that 50,000 Yankee fans are off his back, you're lost. This yeah, on the nothing, road, he, he's getting booed has, in Tampa. <laughs> this has this has absolutely nothing to do with what Baltimore has done and what the Yankee hitting coaches couldn't do. The Yankee couldn't – they talked about it the same way. I remember um, – I forget his name, Chris uh, something, I'm blanking, but he, he covers the Yankees for the Athletic. I saw him write that Chris the Yankees Kirshner. did the, Chris Kirshner. He said this, he's like, we all talked about this at the beginning of the year, that they were looking back at his stance from 2018. The Yankees were doing the same thing. The Yankees aren't clueless. They've been working with Volpe. They worked with Hicks. The idea that maybe he might have found something on his own, bravo. Why do we have to take down Hicks? Every- is flying under the radar now. He's got yeah. a different number. He's got a beard. No one knows who he is when he comes no, up to the plate. It's but when he's in different. the Yankee pinstripes wearing 31, That's boo, wild. oh, this That's guy wild. sucks. Get yeah. this guy out. He He's getting booed on a, on a – on a take strike one, it's just yeah. now no. he can play baseball without yeah. pressure. 
pressure course. burst pipes. It's hard for him to come back from that. Good for Aaron Hicks. Yeah. I, I hope he does well. well. I'm happy for him. I just think it's ridiculous to then. It is ridiculous. Say, why, couldn't they, why couldn't the Yankees figure it out? Yeah, Gallo we're gonna fire. To- we're gonna fire our hitting coaches over uh, Aaron yeah. Hicks's success elsewhere and Volpe. Uh, eating chicken parm with his buddy and his buddy yeah. going back to us. Good, good that they found that and like good. build on it. Let's yeah. see more. Volpe, get the average yeah. over 200 and stay there. Hit some home runs, hit some doubles. You should be hitting more doubles than home runs and using yeah. your speed and getting on base. But these I are agree. positive things. I The Yankee universe is just built with so many negative fans they, that I'm, I'm not sure if they even like the Yankees. I think oh, they actually no. hate the Yankees, yes, but they they're do. they're they're Yankee fans, but they hate the team, and that's how they, they watch do. the team. They want to hate they on do. every part of it, and and can't just be happy with the success. I'm happy with any success, and I'm I hoping agree. that they go into Fenway and they yeah. have a chip on their shoulder, and they're looking to avenge the series they lost to to Boston. You can't let Kike Hernandez beat you. You can't let Justin right. Turner beat you. Right. Justin Turner is a is, was a very good ball player, and now he's still an okay hitter. He he does not strike fear into you. They have to figure out a way to get through this lineup and keep. And don't Devers pitch the Devers. Them. Yeah, don't if you're scared, don't let if you're scared, don't give him anything to hit. I'm perfectly fine. Put him on first base. This yeah. is a this is a big series, I believe. For I the agree. Yankees. I actually think this is a. I think it's a more significant series than the one before it. Uh, because now they haven't won a series since the L.A. series. They lost to both Sox. They split with the Mets. It's time to win a series. Go up into Fenway and take it to them. I, I'm looking, and I and I want them to play well. Like, even – I, the series is important. I want to win the series. I want to have three clean games. I don't yeah. want to come out of any of these three games thinking this is still a major problem or, like, if Severino gets lit up again, even if they win two out of three, I'm going to be disappointed. Like, if, if the offense goes – you know, limp and Rizzo continues to struggle and Stanton does nothing like I need to see some of these things start to get better. Even if they lose two out of three, if a lot of, if Sevy throws a, a good game and they lose two out of three, maybe we'll see how I feel. If they score a bunch of runs and for whatever reason, Clark Schmidt gets lit up. Like there, there are certain things I just want to see. I want to see good, clean baseball. And I want to see some of these narratives of, of the really poor play that they've been doing start to turn a little bit. But That's I, I all we've got. Yep. Wrapping this one up, Bronx Baseball Podcast, C-Mac and K-Mac. We'll be back on Monday after this series, and then the Yankees will have a homestand facing the Seattle Mariners and then the Texas Rangers, who, uh, you know, they're pretty decent this year. They've got some ball players over there, and they could come into the Bronx and score yeah. some runs, and they, they need this series against Boston. They need two out of three from Boston, and we'll be back to talk about it on Monday. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. We're back doing the Bronx Baseball Podcast on Odyssey, WFAN, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. See you later, man.